I am Camille Johnson, and this is Finding the Floor. Stories and reflections of midlife motherhood, family, and finding meaning in it all. Join me as I share a little piece of my life and figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Hey everyone, welcome to Finding the Floor. This is episode 166. And today we're going to call this Looking Back and Looking Forward with Hope. It's crazy, you guys. How is it already 2024? And not only that, it's like almost the middle of January. I was going to start up last week, but then I was a little wiped out from traveling and I just couldn't get myself to do it. (laughs) That's sort of been my mantra lately. Ugh, been rough. I just do not feel motivated to do anything. But how was everyone's Christmas, winter break, time off with school, New Year, holiday? How was it? Did you have a good break? Christmas go well? Yeah, we had a great break and had kind of some big life-changing news. My daughter got engaged. What? Ah. How did I get to this stage in my life? I think it's really, really just fascinating how like you're just, you know, this busy mom with like kids and then all of a sudden you have a couple graduate from high school and then one more and then you're like, wait, what? Ah, no, I'm super excited. I love her fiance. He's awesome, which is all you can ask for. And now I get to help plan a wedding. Should be fun. Definitely wish my mom was around for that. Kind of sad. Oh, okay. One thing I thought was funny was maybe like a month or so ago, we were watching Crazy Rich Asians with my two girls at her home. And, you know, at the end of the movie, they have the big wedding and it's like a $40 million wedding. And they're like, $40 million? Mom and dad, you guys aren't going to spend that much if Izzy gets married. And we're like, dude, we don't even have that much. Like, no. (laughs) So we are not going to spend $40 million. That is for sure. (laughs) Oh, funny. Okay. And as I mentioned a little bit before, I've just been kind of like tired and unmotivated. And I got this suggestion from Jody Moore. She sends out like these weekly kind of videos to all her, the lab people, which is the new name for her Be Bold program. And she just made a suggestion that if you take time to reflect on all that happened this past year, that can help you get motivated for this year. And since I wasn't really motivated, I was like motivated in December when I was talking about old year resolutions. I was like, I'm ready. And then now I'm like, can we just take a nap? (laughs) That sounds like a great idea. (laughs) And maybe it's because this time of year 
tends to be a little bit harder for me. Super gray in Cleveland, although we've had like really mild weather. So I really can't complain right now. But January and February, it's a good thing I still have kids to keep me busy. But I thought, okay, I'm going to take up the challenge and I'm going to reflect. And the great thing about it was once I finally sat down to just like plan and reflect, being in the middle of it just helped me get motivated. Like I had to just finally start because I don't know why I was struggling so much, but here we are. I've started and today we're just going to talk about like basically some of my favorite episodes, the books that have had the most impacts on me and then the most popular episodes. I'm going to share those from the past year. So if you're just tuning in and you have just found me this year, welcome. I'm so excited you're here. If you have been with me since the beginning, I am kind of in this state of like, I can't believe it's going to be almost four years I've been doing my podcast because I started in April of 2020, like right when things were shutting down. What? So crazy, 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 but exciting. So I'm just going to share a couple of my favorite things and then talk about maybe some plans and goals. Okay. This year, I just wanted to talk about two of the books that have really stayed with me and just made a super big impact. And I tell everybody to buy the book. And in fact, we brought back my mom used to do stockings for everybody in my family and all the grandkids and stuff. And so my sisters and I were bringing that back and she always wanted to get everybody a book. And that was like, I was like, give everybody the confident mind, seriously. Not everybody got it, but a lot of people got that book because it's so good. Okay, so the book I just mentioned it is The Confident Mind by Dr. Nate Zinzer. It is seriously so, so good. It has so many practical applications and some of those things I started doing and kind of like got away from, but then I need to come back and just remember. My favorite thing I love about this book is... The idea that you just are constantly looking for the best in yourself. When you're making a success, when you made your best effort, and when you've made some progress every single day, that is what he tells you to do. Every single like mini activity. I mean, even if not, you're not an elite athlete or something, you can learn to like reflect on your day and then point out where you've made progress, effort, success for the day, and you're just looking for the best of your day when you have done your best and you're trying to tell your brain to remember those things. Because it is so easy on default because our brain is constantly looking for the negative and that you kind of have to override that and make the effort to look for the best. And I just love that he really shares how you can develop a mind that is so strong and confident. And it's not necessarily due to your performance. Even when you make mistakes, and that is also one of my favorite things, your mistakes are temporary, limited, and non-representational of yourself. Okay, so if you have not listened to those series, 
that I shared about the confident mind. That is episode 126 to 137. Go back and listen to those and then get the book and read the book or listen to the book. Do those things because strengthening your mind, I think, helps you do everything else, right? Helps you accomplish a habit maybe that you want to do or helps you maybe find a goal that you want to accomplish. So that was one of my favorite books, okay? And just a reminder that your mind is so powerful and you can just constantly train it to look for the good that you're doing. Because you are. Everyone's doing just good. There's good every day, even in your ordinary life like mine. Okay, now the second book that has been super helpful, and I honestly wish that someone would do like a rewrite because it's now been almost 30 years. And I forgot to look up and see if like they're still alive, but I Don't Have to Make Everything All Better by Gary B. Lundberg and Joy Saunders Lundberg. And it is so good and also so hard to remember to do. My biggest thing to remember is to let people have their feelings like not try to change them. I notice myself doing this all the time. So like if someone's upset about like, oh, I just, you know, something that happened at school and you're like, oh, it's fine. It's Everything's going to be okay. Like we're dismissing their feelings, even though we're trying to cheer them up. But that's kind of what we're doing is we're dismissing their feelings and people just want to be validated. According to this book, Everybody just wants to have their feelings validated and then they can figure out stuff on their own. That is basically the gist of the book. Validate feelings and then help them just realize that they can take care of their problems. You don't have to make it all better. Like, it's not a problem. (laughs) It's not a problem if someone's upset. It's not a problem. All these things you don't like... Let's see, it's not your problem to make everything all better for people. And it's actually okay for them to like figure it out. There is strength in that struggle. Oh, so I just need to remember that. And I often like kind of think that I kind of take a step and I'm like, yeah, I can see how you would feel that way. That's it. That's hard. Just this validating and empowering. And you can also... Do all those things and keep boundaries, which is another thing that in that book they tell us, even if your kids don't want to like, let's say, clean up or do their work, and you understand that sometimes you don't want to do anything, but that you can just say, yeah, I understand that's hard and I still want you to do that. Bam. It's a lot easier said than done, to be honest, but that book is really good because I just feel it's, we like forget to allow people their feelings without trying to solve anything. We just want people to be happy. Okay. So those episodes for that book, I Don't Have to Make Everything All Better, were episodes 149 through 153. So those were two of my favorite books this year. Okay. And then kind of topics that I really liked learning about. One of it was the one about foreboding joy, which was episode 155. I just loved how I totally see myself doing this when it's a super happy event, like something super happy happens. And then I have this like 
sad thought like, oh my gosh, what if this happens? Or you're just feeling lots of joy and you just like can't handle it. Ha! Ah. So that one's a good one. Again, episode 155. And I just loved how learning about appreciation, that is the antidote to fear. And that appreciation can also be the antidote to foreboding joy. So like when we're feeling so joyful in a moment and then we get nervous that like something bad's going to happen, like the other shoe's going to drop, whatever it is that feeling is, we can go to appreciation and gratitude. So appreciation is the antidote to fear is episode 159. And you guys, I am still doing my gratitude practice every morning. And then if I forget a few mornings, I catch up. I just really like it. It helps. It really helps me think about my day. And it's almost like a little daily journal, but in a gratitude way. Okay, so those were the things that I really loved this year as I reflect back on all my episodes. And it's kind of nice to look back and be like, wow, look at all the episodes I did. And I have that to look back on. And maybe as you're looking back, you may not have a bunch of podcast episodes, but you can look back at all the different things you've done. Just open your calendar. I'm sure there's a billion things on it that you're like, wow, look at all these things I did for my family, for work for church, all the things, and be like, wow, that was awesome. Okay, the other thing I'm kind of giving myself a shout out to is that I started Substitute Teaching this year, and I remember back in March being super nervous. I also am constantly reminded about my first day in kindergarten and losing control of my classroom, but that I still then chose to keep going back. And now I'm not as afraid. I'm also very selective about the jobs that I take. Both two things. I don't take anything like that's preschool or kindergarten. <laughs> uh, I just think it's funny how like I used to be good with that age when my kids were that age. Because you're just with your kids and they're at that age and you just feel like you know the language of the age. Because your kids are just speaking it and you're just jiving with your kids. And now that my kids are teenagers, I feel like that's just where I'm jiving the best. And so I try to do most of my jobs at the high school and it's not as scary. I'm not um, as nervous. And I'm also not as worried to like lose control, if that makes sense. <sighs> but yeah, so substitute teaching, that's been good. It's been an experience for sure. Okay, so we're going to talk about the most downloaded episodes, or I guess I'll call them the most popular episodes this year. And really, I have one that is so popular, it's crazy. I mean, for me. So I'm grateful for all of you and you listening regularly, but I also know that I don't have like a million downloads, not even close. But I regularly have about 100 downloads a week. And I think that's awesome. I'm super grateful for it. But the one thing that's been crazy is uh, it's episode 122, Glucose Revolution Part 1. It's kind of subtitled Glucose and Our Bodies. And what's been crazy is usually kind of by a good cycle of like 90 days, I have about 100 to 180 downloads depending on the episode. 
This episode has over 2,000 downloads. It's kind of crazy. I don't know who's listening to this episode, and I guess it was awesome. <laughs> it was so good. And I don't know if like, maybe someone use, found this episode and is using it for a class. I honestly don't know. But that one has been super popular. And it continues to be my top downloaded episode almost every week. So that was way back last January. All about glucose. Glucose Revolution was another really good book that has made an impact on my life this year too. So... But because I was talking about at the most downloaded, I figured I'm talking about it now. Then the next most popular episode was the following one, episode 123, Glucose Revolution Part 2, Hacks 1 through 5. And that has over a thousand downloads. So something about those two episodes really resonated with a bunch of people trying to figure out our bodies and how glucose works in our bodies. And I think it is honestly such a really good book to understand how glucose works to fuel your body. So because this book had so many downloads, next week I'm going to talk about the new book that Jesse and Chaspi wrote. And it's called The Glucose Goddess Method. It, in the book, she just talks about implementing all the things she talks about in The Glucose Revolution. And it's pretty simple what she suggests you do. And it's like four weeks to like get rid of cravings and to get your energy back. I'm going to share that book next week. Okay, so I'm also going to just tell you a little bit about my goals for this year. I realized last year as I was looking back that I didn't write them down enough. So I'm trying to write mine down, same aloud here so that they're real and concrete. But it's funny how sometimes I think like no one ever really says, I'm going to have a goal this year of binge watching so many Netflix episodes. Although that would be a fun goal. <laughs> or I'm going to have a goal this year to ruin a few relationships. <laughs> or I'm going to have a goal this year to just let my eating habits go. Isn't it funny? Like, we don't usually have goals like that, which is probably good, right? <laughs> I know that's probably good, but I was just thinking about it like, yeah, I don't really think about, hmm, I'm going to have a goal to become a super nasty neighbor. <laughs> don't have those goals. But anyway, just a random thought that it helps as you think about the opposite sometimes of those goals, it helps you realize the purpose of trying to do better, even sometimes when it feels like, uh, a new year, I don't really know what I want to do. I have a couple things I know I want to do, but like, what do I really have to do? And in reality, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to get better and you're still a value and awesome. It's just a matter of remembering, I think, that the whole point is that it's just an opportunity to grow in a different way. So back in, I can't remember which episode about old year resolutions, just in December, we were talking about Benjamin Franklin and how he had his morally perfect project or something. 
the project to like become morally correct. And he had all these like attributes that he was just going to try to develop. But he didn't quite get there. And Benjamin Franklin admitted, and I quoted this before, that he was never perfect. And this is from this article, despite his best efforts, but his final assessment, I love what he says, okay? He says, but on the whole, though I never arrived at the perfection I had been so ambitious of obtaining, but fell far short of it, yet I was, by the endeavor, a better and a happier man than I otherwise should have been if I had not attempted it. So I think sometimes as we think of goals or habits that we want, and a lot of times we go straight, this is the outcome I want. But in reality, the whole process will help us become happier and better people. Just the effort we're making. Any type of effort that we're making to find a better habit or just try a little harder in some areas is going to make a difference despite what the outcome actually is if we don't reach exactly what we had hoped for. So I'm just trying to remember that. And a few of my goals are, like I mentioned the one from the old year resolution is to like declutter my storage room and in general, like kind of organize and declutter my house. But I've also wanted to just dig a little deeper and understand why I want to do that. Do I want to do it because everyone else tells me that I need to be organized and uncluttered? Do I want to do that because I feel like when it's done, somehow I'll have more value? Why do I want to do this? So sometimes I wonder if it might be helpful as you think about your goals that you want to do. Maybe they don't have to be super deep, but like get into the why of your outcome. So for instance, one exercise I heard, which is kind of fun, is like the wave the magic wand. So let's say if I waved a magic wand and everything in my house was like totally organized, my storage room was decluttered, I only had things that I loved, how would I feel? Or how would I be different? And I think that is just an interesting thought. So I think we can obsess about things like me and having an organized or clutter-free home and maybe the actual outcome is not as important but the process of like being willing to go through things and just let go of some things is actually the important part and not necessarily being super clean and uncluttered. It's just almost like this byproduct. And so I just like thinking more about habits that are we're trying to appreciate the process as much as we are appreciating what the outcome becomes hopefully that made sense okay and then the other thing that I heard which I thought is kind of really a good idea because I noticed last year I was like gung-ho about goals and then I started substitute teaching in March and then kind of forgot about most of them except making sure I got my bathroom redone. So I heard this great idea of setting quarterly goals. So there may be a lot of things that you want to do throughout the year but that you like separate them into three-month increments and set aside 
let's say, two or three that you want to get done. And then in March, you kind of regroup and see how you've done. If all of them haven't been accomplished, then you like continue on, maybe add a couple things, or maybe you decide you want to do something different. So I just like the idea of like three month smaller intervals, like what are my goals for the next three months? You know, I've heard this with businesses and stuff like here are your quarterly goals or here are your semi-quarterly goals. What's going on with our quarterly report, right? And we can kind of do that ourselves. Like what's going on after three months? So January, February, March, at the end of March, we're like, hey, let's take a minute to reflect and see how the past three months have gone. So I am going to try that. And then you regroup every three months. So April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. So like each of those times, you can take a moment to reflect. And I just love that idea. So I'm just going to send that out to you guys. If you guys like that idea too, that's cool. So that's really about it. I might like I was thinking also of revisiting a couple books that I also really loved from years past. One of them was the Atomic Habits book. I might re-listen to that to get some motivation and maybe just I've noticed that I want to go back also to be planning better and planning in the manner of what is suggested from Seven Habits of Highly Effective People when he talks about having your roles and goals and so you're, you're thinking about people first and the person you want to be with different people and then tasks you need to accomplish depending on your different roles. And so that has also been something I'm trying to get back to doing. And I think that's helping me a little bit with my momentum because again, I just have noticed that I have struggled the past, just like coming back after Christmas. Like it was so nice to just kind of relax over Christmas. And now I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to do anything. And I guess I don't have to, really. I could just do nothing. But I did record this podcast. So here you go. Looking back and let's look forward. There's so many things to be hopeful for. And I especially have such a fun thing to look forward to. A wedding coming up. And I'm excited for that. And just excited to kind of see what this year is going to bring and what I'm going to help also bring to the year. I think that is a very proactive way to think about it, which is, again, that's why I probably need to go back and review the seven habits. Being proactive. Let's go, people. All right. Well, thanks for listening, you guys. Maybe take a moment to reflect on your year looking back as you also look forward all your little goals for the new year okay yay 2024 let's go all right see you guys next week thanks for listening okay bye i hope you enjoyed today's episode if you have any questions come by findingthefloor.com where i will have show notes and links for anything i've mentioned today special thanks to seth johnson for creating and performing the theme music. Come back next week and thanks for listening. 